0: Radio Outcast is a hair-brained, gun-slinging podcast for mature audiences. Content warning. This episode contains depictions of violence, guns, and gunshots halfway through the episode that may be upsetting for some listeners. We encourage our listeners to prioritize their safety before venturing ahead. Thank you.
1: February 2, 1887. For today, I am Charles Osgood. Last eve, I met the most curious individual in all of America. Yes, even more so than I. A mysterious woman commanded upon me this device. The Sony machine, I believe it is called, S-O-N-Y. I am to use this metal box as, one might, a diary. You merely press one button, and then another, and then speak toward it as I am now. Truly a wonder. (laughs) I confess I think the woman may be some sort of angel or demonic being. She possessed a power. I... I question what I've Never mind that. A fine bargain was extended to me, and I've committed.
2: Mr. Matthews, your sweet tea.
1: I sure do appreciate it, ma'am. For today, I am also Mr. Matthews. (coughs) Now I find myself riding this train route westward. For reasons obscure, I have to disembark in some dust town. Lone Flats, the New Mexico Territories. Oh, what are the chances I've consigned myself into the Devil's Congress? Well, I suppose God has abandoned me, anyhow. Virginia must be 100 miles behind me. If I'm to make a diary of this Sony machine, I suppose I shall narrate from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> the gentleman with the obnoxious caw, that's J.W. Powell the director for the Geological Survey. And we were lounging in his Virginia mansion, passing the whiskey dry.
0: Oh, Mr. President, you
2: can
1: Indeed. It was President Cleveland.
2: I said to her, Madam, I've not seen your missing calf. In fact, I've not seen higher than your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: ain't heard that before. In fact, I've heard that one far too many times. Say,
2: you seem a fresh face here. What was your name
1: again, good sir? Matthews, Roy Matthews, chairman for the Texas Cartographers Guild, headquartered out in Abilene. It's sure a pleasure, Mr. President.
0: Uh, Mr. Matthews is my expert guest for the evening. He wrote me directly, as a matter of fact, pledging his expertise in the Utah regions. Yes, sir. When I heard Washington might be looking at a unified Utah for statehood, I
1: figured, shoot, if my quiver ain't right and full.
2: (coughs) I don't think I quite...
0: Apologies, Mr. President... You know how those Texans can be. (laughs) Odd-spoken and (laughs) gun-toting. And tobacco smoking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would explain the rough hack, sir. Go on. Squeeze it out. Now, Mr. Matthews... You said you're an expert in the regions of Utah.
0: Yes, Roy. Do share with him your ventures across the high valley and your spars with the Mormon locals. Oh, how they've hoarded silver.
1: Even the greatest of cons can become undone by the unexpected and the unknown. First came the unexpected.
0: What in God's good name?
1: Uh Texans and their goddamned guns. My name is Roy Matthews.
2: Oh Oh, 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 my God!
0: uh, And that hoodlum has stolen my name, my status, and my (gasps) math. This charge, is this true? No, this can't be. You... Mr. President, I assure you that I had no idea.
1: Well, they all turned to look at me, didn't they? <laughs> Fifteen dandies, the president of the goddamned United States, and a mustachioed Texan with a gun. How did this boar catch me? It was an immaculate con. There must have been, yes, a setup.
0: I see you looking at that door, thief. You take one false step, I'll blow your bowels to Tuscaloosa and back. I'll pardon that crime on impact. Please nail blood on the Oshak rug. I just had it imported. Gentlemen, I can assure you... You can assure me nothing. (coughs) Mr. President, Director Powell, (coughs) folks, let me show y'all how we handle crooks down in Texas.
1: It's as they say the moment before I died, I saw visions of a possible life rendered into flashes of sorrow and ecstasy. I envisioned escaping this con-man's course, building a perfect blue home back in Utah with a turret and piano. Yes, a loving family. Perhaps love? My circumstances forbade me from either. Whispers became a tribunal, and I was soon cast out into the roofless alleys. Have you heard this term, unconditional love? You should know that love is always conditional. But the bullet hovered before me. Moments before the strike, I could extend my index finger and poke it. It seemed that time had yawned. It seemed I would survive. But did I want to survive? It'd mean more deceptions more fleeing between the alleys and a stolen coat forever glancing over my shoulder each day is another name and another story 26 years of surviving
2: <laughs> oh my god you should see the look on your face <coughs>
1: Even now, with a full day's consideration, I cannot accurately detail this strange, blonde woman. She seemed entirely not of this world.
2: I'd introduce myself, but I really don't feel like it. Here, just take this, okay?
1: Despite her petite stature, this woman carried herself with presidential gravitas. Perhaps it was the six-inch heels, no? Hmm? She strutted around the parlor with a bedazzled pocket watch swinging from her hip. Had my wits been about me, I'd have asked her for the time, considering time had just been frozen. But my instincts told me to keep quiet. She stopped short before me and reached into a pink handbag. She unveiled a small metal box, a device I now refer to as the Sony machine.
2: I want to make a deal with you, Mr. Whatever your name is. You see this shiny bullet here? The one that's like two inches from entering your pink, mushy, little brain? Well, you can thank moi for that. See? We only just met, and I'm already like your complete savior or whatever. But that can totally change. So, it's not really a deal I'm offering. <laughs> oh gods, Ugh, this place reeks. What year are we in? Nine hundred?
1: It uh, it is eighteen eighty-seven, Mistress.
2: Mistress? Gross. Don't put on airs for me, Mister Runaway. What? You don't think I know everything about you? <laughs> You're totally wigging out right now. It's Trey funny You should see your face. Here, let me break it down super mega slowly and simple for you, okay?
1: And it was here, in this moment, that I knew this woman was not of normal pulp.
2: You go by the name Charles Osgood. But I know your true name, and you're dying. Slowly, sure, but you're definitely dying. And each day it's gonna get more and more painful, and super ugly, until you're 1887's biggest barf bag in all of America. You'll be totally bedridden, ralphing up blood and guts until, well, you get the picture, yeah? You've got no one to take care of you. No family to run to, right? Ugh, like, what a total shame. Poor you, oh, all lonely and dying. Oh, but you've got big plans, Mr. Whoever you think you are. Big plans for a human, that is. You'll never see them come to fruition. Not without moi, me, Emmy most fabulous goddess of time, and one of the ancient- y- you,
1: you you can help me don't
2: to- Don't interrupt me when I'm trying to, like, save your life. Got it?
1: And then she extended the Sony machine toward me.
2: Take this. You'll use it like, um... Do you have diaries in these days? Whatever. It's sort of like a diary... But no one wants to hear your personal little sob story, so this is more like a detective diary, okay? Because there's someone I need you to follow. Do this, and I'll keep you alive or whatever. Got it?
1: I took the Sony machine from her hands, and I listened to her instructions. The mistress provided me a mission, a person I must locate and follow, even if it takes me across all of America. She provided me enough details to begin the journey. I'm to search for a woman not of this world. That was the complete description. The mistress warned me that no matter where I am, however I might hide or try to disguise myself if I choose to disobey her commands, the bullet will most certainly return for me and I will die alone and forgotten alone I can do but forgotten <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: Radio Outcast was created by Maria Fernanda Vidal Razaga and JT Lachese and produced by Anne Hughes, starring Daniel A. Stevens as Charles Osgood, Anne Hughes as the train attendant and Emmy, Griffin Otto Deniger as both J.W. Powell and Roy Matthews, and Ivory Amor de Francisca as President Grover Cleveland. This episode was written by JT, directed by Fernanda, dialogue editing by Anne, sound design by JT, and music by Samuel Kinsella. You can find us online at RadioOutcast.com or follow us on Instagram at RadioOutcastPod and Twitter at Radio underscore Outcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. If you'd like to help us grow, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash radio underscore outcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you two could get a special shout out at the end of our episodes like the clever one on the grift, Kyrie O, the best confidence artist this side of the Mississippi, Stephanie C, the one with the flim flam, Gnome H, Patrick C, our noble gall hunter. Alan L., the best bunco artist one ever did know. Daniel W., working the tat with those dice. The one slowly roping in the marks, Tuvi. Our swindler on the sly, Melissa L. Sarah F., who legend says perfected the three-card Monty. Rax W., whose famous snake oil clears not only all your scars, but also solves your love life for a pretty price. Marcos L., the inside man behind the plan. Patricia D., the clever quipper. Consuelo, you, the talented tactician. Hola, mate, quiero. And of course, we can't forget Lisbeth V. So entertaining is her stratagem that you'll be thinking her even after you've noticed your riches have vanished. To all of our patrons, thanks again. We appreciate you. And to everyone listening, safe travels.